Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear up there, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone i'm guile and i'm joined today by chicky hey i am chicky i'm at the chikrin on twitter and comma hi i'm comma and i am at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on tumblr and today we're going to going to discuss daenerys's third chapter in a storm of swords and um a trigger warning for some some quite a bit of violence as it is, as it is, which is a refreshing change in a Danny chapter. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> precarious, a little burning alive. Yeah, um, you know, but less ickiness than normal. So uh, we start off this chapter. Danny and her crew are—they're um, basically going to the top of one of the pyramids in Astapor, and all of the big slave traders have gathered together, and she's basically trying to make a deal. So Krasny's who we met last time is kind of leading the negotiations and, you know, was basically telling the other traders like this chick's desperate. We're going to take her for all she's got. And, um, you know, Danny, as it turns out, doesn't have that much. Um, she's willing to give, you know, give away her ships and whatever merchandise essentially she has. Um, she's going to, she wants to keep her, her mother's crown, but that is, basically about it but she wants to buy all of the unsullied and this doesn't seem like um you know the traders kind of do to their credit the trade the slave traders do talk amongst themselves about the wisdom of selling all of the unsullied um but their greed kind of overcomes them because it's yeah it's 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 funny when they have this like bird in the hand versus two in the bush moment you know they're like oh, yeah, do we like want to sell all like, of the even yeah. not fully trained ones that she's asking for. Well, and I mean, I think even there's this, a slight discussion of, you know, who's going to defend the city if we sell all the unsullied and they just get kind of hand wavy as people tend to do when they don't like the answer to something. It'll and, be hmm. fine. It'll never be a problem. <laughs> this will never come back on right. us. <laughs> this, this situation will never, this decision will never come back to haunt us when, within the next 24 hours. Um, and, you know, Danny, Basically, Danny has enough money to maybe buy 2,000 Unsullied. And there's 8,000 fully trained Unsullied and maybe like a couple more thousand um, that are half trained. And she wants them to. And, um, you know, she basically wants any of any of the boys who still have their puppies even. So, like, pretty getting down to pretty young kids. And um, it turns out that, you know, kind of her trump card here is she tells them that she'll, she'll trade a dragon. And they immediately jump on this, but they're, you know, they're like kind of overcome, I think, with like the idea, like, holy shit, we're getting a dragon. And, but then they're like, well, we want the best dragon, we want the biggest dragon. So they specifically ask for Drogon. And Danny says, okay. And, um, you know, Arston, if that's his real name, is not, <laughs> it's, you know, visibly. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Spoiler alert, it was not. Um, he's visibly displeased and, you know, is, gives his, oh, no, Khaleesi, no moment. And um, she, you know, she shuts him down. And after they leave to go back to the ships, she tells them, you know, hey, 
dude, I respect your counsel, but do not do that in public ever again. And he's, you know, he's disappointed in her, frankly, is kind of what you what you see from it. And okay, well, here's my thing. Here's my thing, because it's like he said, you know, like one dragon is worth like three armies. So, like, why does she still have to bring the other stuff to trade if she agrees to Drogon? Why is it anything but Drogon? It seems weird. Yeah, that is. I mean, I think they're just, you know, they're greedy. They're going to get everything. Yeah, everything out of her. So, you know, she has to go back. Two things. I think one, she's like you said, they're greedy. And also, I think she's, well, she's obviously luring them into this, well, spoiler alert, a trap. Um, And I think it's to disarm them a little bit, too. Oh, maybe. Maybe these three things George really likes writing description. So, how Yeah, I think that's probably the the boxes of pearls and all this stuff. That's probably what it is. George wanted to write the list. How angry are you if you're like... Dothraki soldier number four who has to move all this shit off the boat, drag it through port, drag it up to this pyramid, and then presumably <laughs> after they take over the city drag it all back? I'm like, you fucking bitch. Like, you you made me help you move and then immediately changed your mind? Like, This I, is, this I is giving me really bad flashbacks to some some stuff at work where we had to go through all of this stuff for basically what turned out to be political theater. And that's what's happening on here, except I'm not in some sort of medieval fantasy situation. It's like pointless physical labor, which would really like, I'd be very upset if I were one of the Dothraki folk that had to carry all this crap back and forth for no reason. Um, Yeah. But you know, obviously the first three quarters of this chapter is just set up as misdirection. We're meant to believe, you know, that Danny's really broken up about giving away one of her children. You know, and I guess my question for you guys is, do you think that from the beginning of this chapter, she knew what she was going to do? Or is there a point that she changed her mind? I think no, she, I, she I think she knew. Cards. Yeah. And I think maybe back when, you know, she was learning about them killing puppies and, and babies and crap that she was just like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And so the other, they, they give, they throw in the translator girl um, as a, you know, a gift because she's going to need someone to translate to, for her new um, Unsullied Army. So, and we find out her name is Masende and that um, she actually has two brothers who are unsullied and Danny asks her some questions, you know, like, will they really, you know, are they, they really feel no pain? Will they really do whatever I say? You know, will they really just, you know, would they actually like kill? Actually the one interesting question she asks her is, you know, what would happen after they conquered? Like, what would they do? Like, it's important for her to know that they're not like going to rape and pillage, but you know, after a war, an army goes off back to their lives. So what will the unsullied do? And you know, Miss Andy says you know, she could even she could have them fall on their swords, and they would like they're that obedient. The you know thought has been driven from them, which is kind of horrifying. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of gloss over this, but I love how Danny just like immediately frees Miss Andy. It's like oh yeah, <laughs> they hand her Miss Andy, and she's like the minute they're alone, she's like okay, so you're free now. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. Although I noticed she gives her a, a shit ton of stuff to do immediately. I mean, not that that's, yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah. So 
you know, she goes back and she's telling like Grolio, who's her head captain, that about the ships, and she knows he's gonna, you know, they're all kind of pissed off about it. And there's, um, she has this conversation with Jora, and there's just like a really short passage, and I, you know, you guys know I'm more of a Danny fan than than you are, and this is one of those passages where, like, this is this is the Danny that I'm a stand for. And she says, you know, I was alone for a long time, Jora, all alone but for my brother. I was such a small, scared thing. Viserys should have protected me, but instead he hurt me and scared me worse. He shouldn't have done that. He wasn't just my brother, he was my king. Why do gods make kings and queens if not to protect the ones who can't protect themselves? And, you know, to me, that's like who she wants to be in a nutshell, is that, like, that's you know, I, obviously she has some of that Targaryen, this is my throne type of thing, but, you know, in terms of, like, what, you know, why does she want to rule, or what does she bring to ruling, or what's her desire, it's that. Which, you know, to me makes her, you know, at this point, pretty admirable. Yeah, it's a good yeah. chapter for her. I mean, I don't, aside from... I mean, other than the violations of the Geneva Convention, yes, it's a good chapter for her. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like like every revolutionary, I'm going to use that term loosely with Danny. I mean, you know, I think George plays with that concept. She, Her intentions are always good. But along with her good intentions, she also has a personal desire to conquer, which I think gets kind of lost in the discussion of Danny, as though she's somehow mm-hmm. on some different level of intention than, say, a Stannis or somebody. Well, I mean, you know, this is where this, you know, for all of like the Danny in her prior chapters in this book, you know, Danny's been kind of given this black and white choice with Jorah, embarrassed and about how she either conquers Westeros with like dragons and maybe this and the support of you know these hidden targaryen stands or she buys a slave army and she kind of finds a sep you know she finds this separate way where you know technically speaking she does not have a slave army she also has dragons so Kudos yeah i mean it it is it is a fine line though and this is kind of like what you were talking about when you said you know she frees miss andy but then she does immediately start giving her orders which is you know, yeah, they, uh, this Westerosi yep. thing of, of not believing in slavery, Danny clearly does not like slavery, does not agree with slavery. But at the same time, she's very much in a, a feudal mindset of everything. Yeah. And, and there's definitely a rank like in order, and she is a queen, you know. If she'd freed these guys and they turned around and said, okay, bye, you know. Well, to be fair, she does ask Missende, is there somewhere you want to go? And Missende says, yeah. Right, no, no, I I think I think she would respect that. It's just I think she's very much she's always a ruler, you know, or always a conqueror. And I think that never really leaves her. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like we talk about all the time. She's very much the product of her environment and the system that she was raised in. I mean, she she very much is. But at the same time, I mean, like, this is this is a triumphant fucking moment. I mean, like, this is yeah, this is this and is fucking fist pumpy. I mean, like, nobody's sad about what's about to happen to these slavers. And so, you know, she goes to bed that night and, you know, she gets a, a visit from Quaith. And I, I just don't even care. Like, I fucking hate that shit so much because it's pointless, I feel like. You know, Quaith. Is it, though? We don't even know. I mean, we, we'll never we fucking know. We actually have a question about Quaith. 
Um, Buck O'Hara in the Discord asks, how important is Quaithe? Is she pulling the string here or just a projection of Danny's mind? I think she's real. I think it's one of those glass candle things. That yeah, I think it's what the theory is. Too. I just find, like... <sighs> Crypticness after like the constant crypticness to be irritating. It is irritating, and you're right. And it's just it, it wouldn't be irritating if you had the confidence at the point that we're at in the series that right. it would go somewhere, but we don't have that confidence anymore. Sometimes and it's it, just like throwing out cryptic breadcrumbs for no fucking reason with George. And and sometimes like we're at this point where like I read like something like some sort of cryptic, you know, to do this, you must do that. I'm like, oh God, that's another damn book. He just gave us another <laughs> damn book because he couldn't say, okay, you got to go here, you know? And it's like, oh God. Like, first turn left at. <laughs> the um, funniest thing about it is how he personally doesn't seem to like the use of, of prophecy in fantasy. And yet while making fun of it and how you can't trust it. He also uses it and relies on it. And it is irritating. It is getting really annoying. What's not irritating is she does have a dream. And the dream is she's, um, she dreams she was Rhaegar riding to the Trident, but um, the army she's uh, up against are all armored in ice. And she bathes them in dragon fire. So, I mean, as much as the Quaith stuff is annoying to me, you know, this is like, Super, you know, super seems like it should be super relevant, especially when. Oh, yeah, no. Clearly prophetic. Right. Clearly prophetic. It's just a couple of chapters before, or a few chapters before, you know, Jamie has a somewhat, you know, as part of the Weirwood dream, he also has these, you know, the soldiers armored in ice, like that vision. In ice, yeah. And so it's. No, this is. This is clearly a thing. I mean, you know, yet again, annoying because we will never know. what what it actually was supposed to end up being but obviously significant and right. and something he intended to do something with george did so she wakes so you know she, when quaith comes she senses someone in the room but you know of course there's not anyone there so when she gets up in the morning um it's somewhat significant that she dresses as a as a khaleesi so she dresses in her dothraki gear she has a bell for um yeah i love that she puts the bell in her hair yeah, yeah. and she, you know, she has like her horse skin, you know, her, her vest and everything. And, you know, it's obvious at some point that she's made it, she's had a discussion with the people that need to know about what she's going to do. Um, you know, she has drog- Drogon with her, but she also has um, Rhaegal and Viserion with her. She has like her whole Kalasar and they're, you know, they're in a formation for battle, essentially. Like she has like the the women and children and the older folk on the inside of the, of the, on the inside of the column and stuff. Um, but you know, they, she has all the horses, which, you know, she's allegedly planning to trade as trade as well. And, you know, there's just like this, as they're proceeding, you know, she's kind of looking around and there's these moments where she's seeing like, basically like regular Ostapori people, you know, living their lives. Like she sees a couple kissing and, you know, just like all of that. And I think it's sort of like the, well, it's a sign without giving away what's about to happen that Danny has a conscience. Yeah. And she is aware of what she's about to rain down. And it's like, you know, it does matter to her that she is raining down death and destruction. You know, this is not meaningless to her, even if it's to people she thinks deserve it, you know. Yeah. So she um, 
you know, she makes the trade. So she hands over Drogon to Krasny's and gets the, um, you know, gets like the ceremonial whip for the Unsullied. And, you know, they have a little small talk, like, but, you know, again, they're still, they, they don't know she can understand what they're saying yet. Missende does, but, you know, tell the horror of Westeros, that's what Krasny says, which is just like, you know, she just gave you it, you know, <laughs> like, why is she? I know, I'm like, <laughs> is he still on the shtick of the horror? Like, is yeah, this the, old, still- like, get a better nickname, dude. Like, get funny. I, I try a little harder. Right, like, just, you know, they're so basic. Like, he's, I mean, granted, like, the thing is, is in the TV show, the guy playing him was having the time of his life and was delightful. But written, the written word, it's oh, like... I can't really remember, remember that, but he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just, like, again, like, having a great time. <laughs> Which, you know, I always appreciate as a, as a watcher. So, you know, she gets this whip, and, um, you know, basically she screams... At the Unsullied, you know, she's riding her silver and she screams, no, you're the dragons, you're bought and paid for, it's done, it's done. And um, she notices that Krasnys is having problems with Drogon and, you know, she tells him a, a dragon is no slave and then says Dracarys. You know, the kind of iconic moment here where Dracarys starts, you know, burninating Krasnys here. And, but then um, I really love this though. I love how Danny just like immediate is like immediately is like, I've got to make sure that the uh, these unsullied understand that you yeah. know they quote unquote belong to me now, and, and so that they know that they can follow my orders. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a really good moment of just Danny being smart and being tough as nails and just very focused. Like, you know, for. What, what is she? What age is she now? Is she 15 even? I mean, Jesus Christ. I think she's 15, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, no. At home with your 15-year-olds and their drama over what they're going to wear to school. <laughs> I mean, just say, you know, hey, you could be out there freeing. Sl- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like the poise that she exhibits in these moments is always not, not, it's always been impressive, but it's it is just Every time she has one of these moments, it gets better and better because she's just more, you know, in charge and everything. It's it is nice to see. Well, and you no, know, we never see her. You know, she doesn't give any orders to like her core her core gang here. So obviously, it all happened off page. But you know, Eri and Jiki unleash Viserion and Rhaegal. Her blood riders are you know fighting the people that aren't running away. Basically, you know, Strong Bellwis is out kicking ass. Like. They all, you know, they kind of planned this whole routine, essentially. And Oh, yeah, this is pre-coordinated. And I do I do yeah. love that it's Eerie and Jiki who are, you know, oh, literally yeah. in charge of her, her most prized possessions, the dragons, you know, her yeah. greatest weapons. And, you know, then, you know, it's like at this point, the dragons and her, her soldiers are wrecking havoc. Like she hasn't even used the Unsullied at this, the Unsullied yet. And then at this point she does, um, you know, the Unsullied don't do anything. Like they don't react to anything, which I think, again, reassures her that she really is, they really are under her control. And then she tells them, you know, slay the master, slay the soldiers, slay every man who wears the Tokar but harm no child under 12 and strike the chains from every slave you see. And then, you know, she yells out Dracarys, Dracarys, and they all yell back Dracarys. And then, you know, it's a pretty iconic ending of the chapter. And all around them, slavers ran and sobbed and begged and died. And the dusty air was filled with spears and fire. So, 
thus ends yeah. asked for. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is pretty. This is pretty intense. This is pretty triumphant. This is really, you know, well, it's this what is you, Danny you know, at her dannyest. Right. You want these horrible people to like get theirs. You want to feel like the unsullied aren't, you know. You want to feel like the unsullied are being, frankly, rescued. You don't want her to give up a dragon. You want her to figure out some way to, because you know, at this point, Joffrey's still alive. So, like, if you're just reading this through the first time, you kind of, and I mean, Rob is for that point, too. I mean, how many people reading this for the first time were like, oh, I really want Rob and Danny to get together and beat, beat Joffrey, you know? Like, <laughs> God. Probably a lot, you know? Which would have been, you know, because you could have had the whole, like, oh, you know, her, his father killed, you know, his father was against her father. Fire and ice, and they're not related. It's great. Right, right. <laughs> they're sure. not related. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's halfway there. But, yeah, just, like, you want her to to win. You think, like, I mean, shit, when I look at how, mu- how much of this book is left at this point, and if I was reading it for the first time, I would think maybe by the end of the book, she and Rob are like, kicking the shit out of Joffrey. Oh, God. Well, and it's funny. I think at one point in this chapter, doesn't she say she's going to be in Westeros in the next year or something? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, even the slavers oh, were like, well, you know, once you conquer Westeros, you know, you can, um, you know, probably sell us back some of the Unsullied's, basically. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure that that certainly was the intention, or certainly was the reader's expectation, at least. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is, you know, this is like the, I mean, this is the peak Danny chapter. Like for those of us who, you know, liked her from the start, like this is, you know, this is our girl. <laughs> well, and what this is is emblematic of of the the position that a Storm of Swords holds just within the series as a book. It is so full of payoff moments like this. Like we've put in a lot of rough time with Danny where, you know, she's just getting, you know, beat up by life, left, right, center. And then she finally gets this moment where it's not just her triumphing, but she's, she's, you know, freeing people and saving people, you know, I mean, like you've put in some effort and work to get here and it feels really good, yeah. really good. And you know, I mean, are there questions that we should ask about the collective punishment? Of course, but like, we, we really don't think about asking them until like later books, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't care because who fucking cares about these slavers getting killed? Nobody, you know? And I forgot, like I was... You know, the show with their constant white savior moments would just, like, kill me. And I would get so bitter. Oh, I'm reading this one. Yes, I remember reading this. Oh, and I thinking, forgot about that. This is so much better. So much better. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yes. We we can't always give George credit with everything. But he, he definitely didn't, didn't fall into that here. Yeah. Well, and it's more of a group effort. Like, yes. I think, you know, her supporting... Her supporting cast, I mean, the Dothraki, unfortunately, her blood riders and Irian Jiki are not very well characterized at this point, which is unfortunate because, you know, they are constantly playing fairly large parts in this and we don't really know anything about them. But, you know, she does have strong Belwis in here with her. She, you know, there's, you know, a little bit more, um, a little, you know, they're more, it's more of a group effort. Let's yeah, it's more of a team project. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
and you know Grolio, who is a you know a, a great character actually, who you know unfortunately comes to a sad end. But I mean, he's a great character and great part of her team. Yeah, it's. I mean. Like, it's hard not to just love this. It's hard to, like, really want to even go beyond the surface of this chapter. Because I just, you know, like, there's yeah. not that many there's no reason chapters to. like this. And this is just we've a got, good, like... <laughs> we have, look, we've got dance coming. We don't need to, we don't right. need to get serious about Danny yet. Yeah, like, it's just fun. It, this is just good, clean fun. <laughs> this kind of slot. It really is. <laughs> it, and it feels good. And, like, we, we earned this as much as Danny yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah, that's a look. Very... We, we all lived. We all lived through the last two books with Danny. We earned this moment. Yes, yes, we're, we're, we definitely did. Um, come, are there any other questions for this well, chapter? Actually, it's funny you say this because we have a question which will make us um, go a little deeper. Um, Almo eighty on the Discord asks: um, Daenerys was not not my favorite character. Two Disney princesses, if you ask me. But I fist bumped when she said Dracarys. It's epic. No way to to deny. I can't speak to deny it. She thinks it's time to cross the the trident, as if she were Caesar crossing the Rubicon. The thing is that when I made the first reread, I noticed something that has haunted me any time someone talks about this. Danny says, "Slay the good masters. Slay the soldiers. Slay every man who wears the otokar or holds a whip." Okay, good. They had it coming. And then she says, "But harm no child under twelve." I doubled back. No child under 12. I mean, she's ordering the death of children. Just picture the unsullied asking, how old are you? And the child answers, yesterday was my 13th birthday. Tough luck. And now they're dead. Uh, Playing devil's advocate, let's say the unsullied asks, but what about the Dothraki and the freed slaves? They will slaughter anyone. The Dothraki, because it is their way, because they don't know their language. And the freed slaves have plenty of reasons to go on a murder spree. All this rant to ask if you think the decision to kill 13 year olds was a spur of the moment or if she had it all calculated as it seems why would danny punish the children for the crimes of their parents is it because she was sold to drogo at 13 and considered herself an adult at that age i think i mean i, I think it's that like in george world 13 is considered an adult, adult. yeah I, I really feel yes, and I also feel that George has not spent any time with anyone under the age of like thirty-five in a good long time. <laughs> I mean, no. You know, in the chapter surrounding this, you have Sansa, who I think is either twelve or, or turning thirteen, getting you know getting prepped for marriage. You have Joffrey, who I think is like thirteen or fourteen, being the king. You know, yeah. Bob at fifteen is a king. So I mean, to me, it's just. It, to me, it's just shorthand for 13 being an adult. I mean, and that's obviously absurd, but I think that's... That's probably that's what it is. For. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably not not meant to be problematic. I think George plants seeds of of what will become later questions with Danny, right? The the questions that he has about revolutionaries, you know, it, it's, you know, everybody cheers the guillotine at first, but then in retrospect, oh my God, you know, and that's there are seeds of that here. I mean, this is collective punishment. This is against the Geneva convention. However, we're in Westeros. We're in, we're in Essos where this shit happens all the time. Danny is not out of step with anyone conquering anything. And you compare her to like, you know, the monsters that we know, like a Tywin Lannister who just, you know, allows indiscriminate horror to be visited on a conquered city. And, 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 you know, she sets parameters, there are rules 
And it's like, is it great when we really look at it? No. And we're meant to eventually see that it's not great. But I mean, compared to who we compare her to, I mean, how is she worse than Stannis? How is she worse than Tywin? How is she worse than even Rob in some ways? I mean, come on. I mean, she's not. Yeah. I mean, when we think about, I mean, and there's, there's, you know, a ton of different sides or different thoughts around like what, you know, how, how can someone with like a revolutionary thought or like revolutionary ideals, like implement them. And I think back to like, you know, if you think of the other side of this, you have someone like egg who absolutely had like revolutionary ideals for Westerosi society, but had no, you know, could not implement it because apparently the only way he was going to be successful was through like violent, you know, through like violently suppressing the, you know, the Lords around him and he didn't have the power to do it. Um, so, I mean, you know, you know, you can't make change without power. Um, you know, I guess how that, how you get that power, you know, that's kind of the question, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> a horror to, there's, a, there's an underlying horror to the world. What? That there's kidding. no way to I've escape. I've not learned that in like the last however many years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you got to compare Danny to the other conquerors and don't compare her to like Brienne. <laughs> you know, like, it's just well, and I mean, not honestly, fair. But, right. And plus, like, you know, what are Brienne's goals for society? What does Brienne want? Like, we, you know, we have no idea. In, in, yeah, we have no idea. Like she doesn't think, be, you know, she has, you know, brands not not someone thinking about how she's going to change society for the better, or what mark she wants to make. You know, she's, you know, not. That's not to. Kind of, right. Not everybody not is in a position to have to make these choices. Right. So I think that's in, in Danny's defense. She's got a short amount of time. I can't believe I'm defending her. Uh, I really like her in this chapter. She has a short amount of time to affect change. And she needs to because she's got this, you know, she's in this position. Brienne doesn't have to do that. <laughs> well, and like, no. you know, I mean, she does in her sphere and she's a good person and a good care. Good, well, it's not real, unfortunately. But like, it's not like she's got a crown on her head. You know, she doesn't have to make those choices. Right. I mean, Joffrey doesn't have any, like, reason that he wants to rule other than he wants to rule. Rob doesn't have any other reason other than northern independence. But what does that even mean? Like, independent to do what? He doesn't have any, you know, John, by the time John's in power, absolutely does. You know, he is the parallel to Danny that he actually, you know, would have, like, a platform that he'd be running on in an election, you know? Asha has a platform that she'd be running on. Danny certainly does. Stannis? Mm. I mean, if he did, I feel like we wouldn't really like it that much. Oh, no, he's definitely got a law and order platform. Come on. Yeah, and I mean, yes, he also he has like a religious extremist platform potentially too. You know, like, oh, Stannis is like the Pat Buchanan of, of West. No, Stannis, Stannis is more, Stannis is more like a, a modern day Republican where you're using the religious right. Yeah, to oh, yeah. your yeah. own ends. I don't think Stannis actually is himself a zealot. No, no. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, compare Danny to who you should compare her to in the story, and I think that is a very important thing to I mean, do. And who, keep in mind. Like, I mean, Rob is actively getting tens of thousands of people killed to save his dad. 
I mean, like, you know, in the end, yeah. that is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, nobody's motives are great here for the I mean, death I and destruction. Just, you know, to me, the, you know, the Danny and John have, like, a reason that they, I mean, yeah, Danny and John have things they want to do if they took power. And I, you know, I like that. Like, I uh, mean... I, I don't I I can't believe I'm sitting here defending Danny either. I, I I really I really don't like the the character of Danny in the way that she's positioned. I don't mind Danny herself. You know she's she's there's nothing really that bad about Danny. It's just where she's positioned in the story, the fact that she wants to kill everybody that I like in the story, and the fact that she's so overpowered with these fucking dragons yeah. that even when they're like one fifth of the way grown, she can conquer a city with them. Like that is annoying. Like that. Well, and I mean, maybe that's like, this is there for someone like me. That's still like, you know, Oh, I love egg. I wish egg would have got to do what she, you know, I wish egg would have had dragons and, you know, could, could have made the reforms he wanted. And this is like, well, bitch, you got your wish. (laughs) It's not going to work out how you thought it was going to. Yeah. It's pretty ugly in the end. It is ugly in the end. Yeah. Anyway. Um, any other thoughts on this chat on this chapter other than that it's awesome? One of the better it's I mean, great. one of the it's better great. um you know interpretations from the show, probably. Um, you know, too bad they didn't have a bigger budget back then, but at least we got to actually see it since it happened in the daytime. I guess I should be glad that I genuinely can barely remember what happened in the show. I, I honestly can barely remember. I have a, like a, a vision in my head of Drogon burning the guy, and that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. I think there was, I mean, was this the Danny crowd being crowd surfed. Oh, that, that's the that, that was um, the con- that was when she captures Marine. Yeah, there there was some. I remember there was some very unfortunate white, you know, white savior imagery. But it's, yeah. I think it's, this- it's so much better in this chapter. And it's it's again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really liked her here. Yeah, I mean, it'd be weird not to, you know, like it'd be. You're weird meant to. to. You're meant to be rooting for her here. Yes, but you know me. <laughs> <laughs> like you, even Kama can't be a contrarian when it comes to Dakar, to to Dracaris, huh? There you go. Yep. Well, I guess with that, if there's nothing else, I can um, let you guys know. <laughs> I was going to close the door, but not yet. Um, you can um, support us on Patreon if you want to ask questions or comment on our episodes. Find us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Door Podcast. You can find us on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here, which is nice because then you can send us an anonymous anonymous content or question if you'd like. Um, or you can reach us at the Jamie and Brienne subreddit. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>